Support for this podcast comes from Harrington Interactive Media, which helps businesses and nonprofits rise above the noise and sell. Digital marketing is confusing, so schedule a complimentary discovery session with them and get a handle on your marketing plan. Mention the New Canaan Society when you schedule your call at harringtoninteractive.com. This is the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. We are a group of men who gather together to encourage each other in friendship and in faith, and to support each other to be better husbands, fathers, and better men in the marketplace and in our communities. Friendship at NCS happens through our regular meetings in local chapters all across the country. The Franklin, Tennessee chapter meets the first and third Thursday each month at Puckett's Grocery and Restaurant in downtown Franklin from 7 to 8 a.m. This week we heard from Howard Gentry and his talk called The Testimony of a Civil Servant Who is a Servant of Christ. Here's Mr. Gentry. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, uh, you might, when I leave here this morning, you might say, well, He's a servant of Jesus Christ, but he's also a mixed bag because um, I had myself together last night what I was going to say to this group. And as I was driving up here on this beautiful day in my mother's, well, she gave it to me now. She's 93 and said she's tired of paying for tags. But in her 2000 Lincoln Continental that I drive and keep it running so that I can take her around, um, I had the windows down, the roof open, and 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 God got to me, and so uh, we're gonna we're gonna work through this. You know, I remember, and thank you again for the introduction, and thank you for the work you do with Operation Andrew and and all that we do there. When I first spoke here, it wasn't this many guys, but it was about six years ago, and I remember uh, speaking. Um, to you about how God has worked in my life. And I spent a lot of time talking about my life because I was asked to. I grew up in Nashville. I'm 66 years old. So I came up through the, um, through uh, a period of time in Nashville that uh, wasn't really uh, welcoming to me and grew through it. And I talked about that history. And then I spoke a couple years ago. I was also going through a divorce. And really in a lot of pain and a lot of struggle. And then I spoke a couple years ago and I talked about my divorce. I was actually open with it. And I, 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 I even told my ex-wife I was going to do this. And, and, um, and I talked about how I was able to, to manage through it with two young children and at the age I was and, and being a faithful husband and thinking I was doing everything right but it still didn't quite work out. And, and my underlying theme was it's really not what happened to me. It's how I responded to it. And, and, and that was the godly thing to do. And I responded in love. And my ex-wife and two children, two younger children, and I just got back from Jamaica Sunday from my 35-year-old daughter's wedding and my ex-wife was there because my 35-year-old daughter loves her to death and wanted her to be there. So if you were here six years ago or if you were here two years ago, uh, you might not have believed that I could have done that. 
uh, this past week, but she is still my best friend and our children are beneficiaries of it. But God is the reason. And now I'm here as um, a, a, a survivor, a, a, a faithful survivor of all those things that have occurred. So I was asked to talk about a little bit about my life growing up in Nashville, and I just did on the surface, and I'm not going too much deeper, but uh, there was a time in Nashville that I couldn't have been in a restaurant like this speaking to you, and it's not because you hated me, it was against the law. And that was a tough time in my life. And, uh, but God put me in that place because God favored me as a child. And when God favors you, it's, 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 it's sometimes tough because favor is trust. And God trusts you to make the right decisions and do the right things. But if you don't have experiences that build you and, and, and prepare you for uh, what he has in store for you, then uh, you're not going to be able to do it. And so those things that I went through as a young child, not being able to swim in a swimming pool and not being able to eat at a restaurant and not being able to go to certain schools and, 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 and you know, where it might have seemed like a bad thing. Matter of fact, it didn't seem like a bad thing. It was a bad thing. Then it helped me to be able to do what I do today. It helped me to be able to become who I have become today. And just an example of it is I couldn't swim in the swimming pool at Centennial Park. But I ended up being the first African-American to go to the National Aquatic School in North Carolina. And I spent my career lifeguarding and swimming. And today, because of football injuries, I can't do anything but swim. And I swim a thousand to fifteen hundred meters a day, six days a week. That's how I live. That's how I survive. And so, yeah, that sounds great that I swim that way. But again, I remember the day I couldn't swim. And and I also was in the Boy Scout troop that integrated Camp Boxwell. When I was a Boy Scout, we were segregated. Matter of fact, when we got in the lake at Camp Boxwell, the white kids couldn't get in the lake when we were there because something might come off of us and get on them. We couldn't eat in the restaurants at the same time. But guess what? I have been on the Boy Scout board for 25 years. I started a program that's called Scout Reach that provides scouting for inner-city youth we started with 400 kids. We have 1,700 kids now that we subsidize in scouting. So, again, God was just preparing me. He was preparing me through his favor for his redemption. And, and so those types of experiences, and I could go on and on with them. And matter of fact, I will go on with a couple more, and that is that to be kicked out of a restaurant, not be able to go to a school, not be able to swim in a swimming pool, but to go through those things and then become the first African-American elected countywide in Nashville, to now have 16 African-Americans elected countywide in Nashville, 
again, God had to prepare me for this. He had to prepare me this and, and for this. And if you don't understand it through my life, all you got to do is think about Joseph. Think about Joseph who was thrown into the pit think, by his brothers and, 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 and uh, uh, told his father that, that he had been mauled by an animal and, and killed. And, and how Joseph uh, was thrown into prison and ended up running a country and, 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 and ended up saving lives as a result of his, his circumstances. He was the person that ended up saving his own brother's lives after they had put him in a hole and sold him into slavery. He ended up coming up with the plan to hold the grain that his brothers and his family ended up needing to come and beg for because there was no food to eat. And in the midst of all that, he forgave them. He told them to forget those things that they had done to him. And again, God used Joseph. He used Joseph through his favor. He trusted Joseph to go through those things that he did. And then through redemption, God allowed Joseph to not only save his family, but save a nation. So this is, this is sometimes the missed story in people's lives. So as I talk about my life, as I talk about my divorce, my divorce was terrible. It wasn't terrible because anybody had an affair or anybody uh, hurt anybody or mistreated anybody. It was terrible because we broke up. It was terrible because we had two children. It was terrible because we were left alone. But through that experience, through that experience, God taught both of us how to love each other in the midst of our circumstances. And as a result of that, our children have grown up seeing two parents who love each other in spite of their circumstances. They have seen love overpower the circumstances that we were in, that big D word, divorce. But not only did that happen, but both of my older daughters found themselves in divorces. And I was able to be that rock, not just for them, but also for their husbands. And we are all friends today in spite of those circumstances. And these six grandchildren of mine are in good shape because there was a foundation that was built in faith, through faith, God-centered, so that they would be able to be okay in a bad situation. Now, do I wish divorce on anybody? No. And, and when you think about Howard Gentry and you see me politically and you hear about me, you probably don't think that I have any kind of normal stuff happening or even abnormal stuff. But we're about the most functional, dysfunctional family in the United States of America, and we wouldn't be this functional if it weren't for the fact that God is in the center of not just our lives, but everything we do. And that was the big mistake that my ex-wife and I made. God was the center of my life. God was the center of her life, but God wasn't the center of our relationship. We didn't wake up 
every morning praying with each other. We prayed independently. We didn't do church and we didn't do our Bible studies as a family. We did it individually. She was this. I was that in the church. And guess what? It doesn't work like that. God has to be in the center of everything you do. Everything you do at work, God is in the center of everything I do. I keep my Bible on the table. I keep my, my, my prayers in my heart. And I keep God in everything that goes on in my office. Now, do I walk around the office talking about God, this, God, that? No. Do I carry the Bible around with me and, and wave it over everybody in the, in the, in the courthouse? No. I just live the way God would want me to live. And when I have problems in my office, I handle those problems in the way I believe God wants me to handle them. And also, I am able to, to run a functional office in, in, a, in a very dysfunctional environment because it's the criminal court clerk's office. So, you know... Today, I, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about my story and my life and my profession, but I'm doing it in the way that I believe that will resonate to you in, in, in a more human way. And I got another story to tell. Y'all know I've run for mayor a couple times, right? And you know I lost both times. And you might even feel a little sorry for me because, because losing a race is not fun. And the only two races I've ever lost is the mayor's race. The only race I've ever lost. Let me tell you, I was for transit. I was on TV for transit. Transit got beat two to one. But I was running for criminal court clerk at the same time, and I got more votes than anybody that had an opponent. Now, how weird is that? How weird is that? How can you be for something that loses two to one and still get get the most votes. Now, I'm not standing up here bragging. I'm just telling you that God has me where I'm supposed to be. And so he put me in a place that I guess he wanted me to be and allowed me to get beat up real bad. But in his favor, he allowed me to win real big over here. And he said, that's where you need to be. When I lost the first mayor's race, I was... Missed the runoff by less than 300 votes. Now, I want to tell you, runoff is my sweet spot. Anytime I'm in a runoff, I win huge. I missed the runoff by less than 300 votes. And I thought it was the worst thing in the world to ever happen to me. But God placed me in the Chamber of Commerce in Nashville, Tennessee, as the CEO of the Public Benefit Foundation. And if you know anything about Nashville's Chamber of Commerce, it's about commerce. It's about growth. It's about recruiting companies to Nashville. In that foundation, we created the Poverty Initiative of Nashville, which is now still in Nashville. We created the nonprofit fundraising arm for the Homelessness Commission in Nashville. We did the literacy study that's still taking place in our city in Nashville. See, God let me 
lose that race. But he also positioned me in a place that doesn't deal with the kind of stuff I just got through saying. And because I was sitting there with businessmen and powerful people and people who knew how to to make changes in society or or make a business grow, we use that same acumen to create initiatives that helped the city become better serving those who could not serve themselves. All those programs are still in place here in Nashville today. And so I get a call from the mayor's office after about three years of being in that position, and I get a call telling me that that the criminal court clerk is getting ready to resign. And he tells me, it's time. I'm like, time for what? You know, I'm at the chamber. I'm making a good living. I'm, I'm not in politics anymore. I'm good. He said, no, it's time, Howard. And I said, for what? He said, we have never had an African-American constitutional officer. I said, well, okay, you want me to help you find one? I, we can do that. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, let's do this. And he said, well, who can get the council to appoint a non-council member as interim? I said, well, I used to be vice mayor. I used to be a council member. You, you know, nobody. Because if they have somebody they want to appoint, it's going to get appointed. He said, well, maybe you can. I said, no, I'm not doing that. But I went home and I prayed. I said, okay, God, you know, you, you got me over here doing this, and now I, you want me to leave this good job doing good work to move to an elected office and take a lower pay? I'm getting a pay cut here, Lord. <laughs> and as he normally does with me, I don't know about y'all, but when he goes silent, that means do it. That means do it. And so we did an answer. That means do it. Because he always throws something up at me when he doesn't want me to do something. And so I did it. And I took the pay cut. And, 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 and I got into the job. And what I found out in that job was, yes, I was the first African-American constitutional officer. And be honest with you, now after this last election, now we have five. And that is great history, great legacy or whatever. But what he really did was put me in the environment of the same people that I was helping in poverty, helping in homelessness. Seventy percent of the people that come through the court system are indigent, can't pay, and he put me in a place where I needed to be so that I could help figure out in the criminal court system how we can stop running our criminal courts on the backs of poor people, how we can stop uh, 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 unfairly punishing people who don't need to be punished the way they were. Hey, the bad actors need to be punished. They need to be punished harshly. But when people get pulled over for their license being suspended because they couldn't afford to pay the court costs and, and, and simple charges like loitering and stuff like that, when you have mental Ill, mentally ill people, which is 60% of the people in our court system who are sitting in jail, when you have people who are homeless, 
who are being arrested because it's illegal to sit anywhere in Nashville and, and loiter, then you got to do something about that. The jails should not be the homes for those kind of people. So we have been able to start creating specialty courts and circumstances so these people do not get lost in a criminal justice system, but they get found in a place where they can become better and they can get the treatment they need. And so that's where I am and that's what I'm doing and that's what I'm able to do in my position. But again, it's God's favor. It's God's positioning of me. And then it's God's redemptive spirit that allows me to not only serve myself, but also serve the masses. And so this is what God has been doing with me over the last six years that I've been speaking with you. I'm a person who is not happy every day, but I'm a person who has joy every day. I'm a person who has found out that I don't need anybody more than I need God. I'm a person that has finally realized that when it gets tough for me, that's when God does his greatest work. When I am lonely and when I have not, I have had everything I have needed provided to me by God. And so my message to you today as I close, and I'm not going to be like the Baptist preacher who closes three or four times. I'm closing once today. But my message to you is, one, God has favored each and every one of you in this room. Some of you, God might not trust as much as others to do what he says do. But he has favored each and every one of you, and he has a position for you in society. He has positions for you in your family. He has positions for you in your church. He has positions for you. Uh, amongst your friends, in your organizations. Don't fight him. Don't fight him. Trust him because he trusts you. And just step out there and start serving. Serving in a huge way. Serving in a big way. Serving in ways that you never dreamed you would or even wanted to. And just trust God. And I promise you, I promise you, it's going to help improve this society. It's going to help improve your communities. It's going to help improve the world, but more so it's going to help improve you. So I want to say to you, God bless you all. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I hope it didn't disappoint, but you know what? I bet there's somebody in this room that, that has benefited and, and, and for you, uh, thank God for you. And just, um, thank you very much. Mr. Howard Joseph Gentry. Joseph. <laughs> yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Where's my robe? Beloved brother. Beloved brother. Thank you. Uh, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you. I am so thankful as your brother to know that there's a man like you standing in the gap with the criminal court system, especially with the children, the women, the homeless, the disenfranchised, the people that we often, brothers, don't see. And to have you in that place is... 
um, the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I encourage you not to doubt it. I encourage you uh, to do everything you can to tell people like us what we can do to help. Um, just before we, we started, I asked uh, Mr. Gentry if there was a way that uh, guys like us can help. And he said, we need, uh, we need the faith community to step in and help with the needs in Nashville. So I have one question before I let you go, and that is with the growth that's going on in Nashville, which everybody knows, what, 100,000 people a year now, perhaps in the greater um, uh, metropolitan area coming for maybe the next 10 years. What is this doing to the poor? What is this doing to the working class people who are having a, an increasingly difficult time even paying their taxes and, and living inside the county where we need you know, the, you know, the jobs uh, that exist for them? What, what, what do you see from this standpoint going on in Nashville? Well, uh, in Nashville, we're a little different than almost every city like us. And when we talk about our like us, we talk about Austin and and Charlotte and Louisville. But anyway, like us. Cities that are growing, cities that are flourishing. Denver, other cities. All those cities, as their population grows, as their economy grows, their poverty rate is going down. Their homelessness rate is going down. Their crime rate is going down. Their schools are improving. Nashville is the only city that we have found in the nation where all that is increasing with the growth. And, and Nashville knows it. Unfortunately, Nashville didn't plan to deal with those issues in the same plan as they did the growth. And so now we're having to create plans to cap the, the increase in poverty and homelessness and, and, and to improve our schools and to, and to uh, do something about crime, which is just off the charts right now in Nashville. And it's going to take the faith community. It's going to take us. We're going to have to start touching people. We are. The government's doing more now, but it's going to take us. We've got, we're in a war We are in a spiritual battle, and right now Satan is just striking at every every foundation that we have. And we've got to get out there and do it. We've got to stop talking about with these kids, and I'm not going to talk long. I know you go leave at 8. But we've got to stop talking about the fact of what these kids don't have. We talk about broken homes, single parents, dads are not there. Well, guess what? The homes are broken. The parents are single and the dads are not there. So you just told the truth. Now what are we going to do about it? We can't just, like I told them, and they're not Humpty Dumpty. You just can't put them back together again. We have to go fill the gaps. We've got to go fill the gaps. We've got to get out here and, and, and touch these kids. We have to touch the structures. We have to, we have to say no. We have to say no when things are occurring that are not right, that are not socially right, that are not morally right, and not just turn our heads any longer. We have really got to get in the gaps here, fill those gaps, make a difference, and, 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 and trust God that he'll, he'll take care of you. Because a lot of people in this room, I can just look across this room, and I know you don't know what to do in North Nashville if you're in those gaps. My daddy, with his crazy self, built a 4,000-square-foot house on a hill right above Preston Taylor Projects and just put us in the midst of it. So the good side of that is that 
I've lived in Nashville 66 years, and the people that come through my doors, the people I see in the homeless community and the poor community, I know them. I know them. I've lived around them. I know their parents. I know who they are. I've been around them their entire lives. So what I don't know to do personally, I can go to them to find out what needs to be done. I know a lot of you in this room don't know, but we have a system in place where we can help you. We can teach you. And, and, and guess what? These kids are just like yours and my kids. They really want to be good kids. They really want to do well. They just have to have a perspective different than the one that they live in, and we can make a difference. So thank you. Um, again, a hearty word of thanks to you. I, I, um, uh, I would give a book report, and I'm going to give you a, one book for your summer reading. It's called Just Mercy um, by uh, Brian Stevenson, who is the director of the Center for Equality and Justice in Montgomery, Alabama, and it deals with a lot of the issues that um, Brother Gentry has been talking to about us this morning. Um, I... Most of you know that I love to read, and I'm reading constantly and trying to find ways to understand the world we live in and to be involved. Uh, I'm not going to say it this way, but when, I, when Henry Nowen uh, 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 published his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, I bought 100 copies from the publisher, handed it out to all my friends, and said, you can no longer be my friend unless you read this book. This is one of those books, Just Mercy, and I really heartily encourage you, uh, if you care at all, about awakening more deeply to our community uh, to read a book like this. Brother Gentry, thank you. Uh, We bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit go with you. Direct your steps, and we will be praying for you. Go in peace, brothers. You've been listening to the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. Once you've subscribed to this podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts to spread the word. And remember to check out Harrington Interactive Media, the sponsor for this podcast. Schedule a complimentary discovery call with them and take your marketing to the next level. Mention the New Canaan Society when you go to harringtoninteractive.com.